In a world full of movie podcasts, here is one more. Welcome to Defend Your Movie with Sean Donnelly and Andrew Fiore. The time has come again to be on Everybody and welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast, Defend Your Movie. I am one of your hosts, joined here by my very amazing co-host, Andrew Fiore, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, hey, gang. Nice to be back. Thanks for bearing with us while we took a week off. Uh, Shawnee, you look very, very 2020 right now. You've got kind of a mask, I, and it, but it doubles as a scarf. It's very Brooklyn. Yeah, I'm very, very cool. I'm, if, if, if anybody always <laughs> describe me, they describe me as a hipster. The Sean Donnelly, giant hipster. That's hipster what everybody, comic. everybody calls me. <laughs> giant, chubby hipster. Um, how you been, my friend? What's going on with you? Um, good, man. Obviously, the, uh, the world is ending, and um, yes. it's, it's tough to, uh, you know, uh, have to deal with so much it, it, all in one year, and we're only six months into this motherfucker. Well, yeah, and uh, yeah, everybody is, is kind of aware. Of course, everybody's aware that uh, shit's going down. Like, there's a lot. There's a, there's a movement going on, and that's why we didn't do the podcast last week because it was right in the thick of all the protests and all uh, the back and forth. So we, we we thought that it would be. Uh, not so great to have a just a, mo- yeah. a goofy movie podcast. Like might we thought we would, deaf. Yeah, we might. Yeah, we we could take a moment of silence with our movie podcast for a, for a week. <laughs> yeah, but now we're back, uh, and we actually have a, a very, very, very big announcement for you guys that Ooh. we're going to announce at the end of the podcast. It, it regards the podcast. It's changing everything. Everything's changing. Twenty twenty is changing. <laughs> it's changing, changing everything. Not just people, but also podcasts. Uh, yeah. But you you watched something uh, this week. What did you watch? I watched uh, the movie Arkansas. Have you heard of it, Shawnee? Oh, is that with Jeb, uh, Juliette Lewis? No, no, no. What no, is that this was a movie that went under the radar. It, uh, Clark Duke co-wrote it and directed it and starred in it with uh, Vince Vaughn. And it's basically about uh, a couple of small-time southern drug runners trying to climb their way up the drug ladder in the uh, trade down south. And Vince Vaughn plays the drug boss. And uh, it was all right. I didn't love it. It was a... uh, His direction for the first time director was decent. I liked the way he set up kind of two different stories. It kind of... You learned a little bit about the two guys, one of his character and his uh, partner, and then you kind of switched gears and you learned about Vince Vaughn's kind of origins and the movie uh, in the in the character that he plays in the movie. So uh, that was interesting. Just not well, enough. Tell you, yeah. It didn't grab me. I wanted to love it and because I don't know how I feel about that Clark Duke guy. Sometimes he's funny, sometimes he's annoying, but I want. I'm not like, even. I'm not familiar with him. What else is he in? You would know him as soon as you saw him. He played uh, the young kid in Hot Tub Time Machine. Um, oh, I don't like that on, kid. Yeah, he was on The Office for a bit. Um, he directed a movie. Yeah, so right uh, there, you're like, ah, 
well, I don't know what this fucking goofball's up to, but uh, he's in the office, and, I, and he's supposed to be like Dwight Junior in the office. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like he, I'm sure he's a hell of a nice guy. Who knows? But right. he, like, you know what it is? Reminds me of like it's like it's like it's like no frills, Josh Gad. Like it's like that to me. Like do you know what I mean? Like that's yes. what he reminds me of. Just Absolutely. Like, the a bargain bin, Josh Gad. You know, what I mean? like <laughs> yeah, Gad Light. There's. It, that's that's what that's what we've come to where like even our fat guys aren't funny anymore in the in <laughs> in, in, in comedies like no. like it's not even like we should be going for is like Chris Farley or John Belushi whatever it is and now it's like what's his name uh, Chris what what's his name Clark Duke which is uh, Clark name also Duke get out of here no change you, your you're name not a Clark you, Duke you body yeah, yeah, you do not have a Clark. I pictured a kid, a, a hipster, a twenty-year-old hipster with that. I, I that mean, name. that's still not far off, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So if I, my final judge, I would give it a pass. It's not required viewing by any means. But again, well, quarantine, you, you watch what's out there and hope for the best. Yeah, and I'll tell you, it's funny. It, 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 that's what you you start to realize. Like some things fly under the radar because they're supposed to fly under the <laughs> right, radar. Right, right, like, right. Like if you would have, if it would have. Sometimes there's a great movie you don't hear about. One of those is um, one that nobody ever talked about, and then I randomly watched it. Was Out of the Furnace? Was that the one Out of the oh, Furnace? Oh yeah, talked? yeah. That's one that was not told to me beforehand, but now it's it, like people know it as like a good one now. Yep. Uh, but sometimes pe- people don't talk about movies because they're just not that exciting. Not- and hey, man, and I know like it's it's hard to make a good movie. It really is because think of everything of has to. Everything has to completely lock into place, I think, to make like um, it's simpa- yeah, a so really hard. great movie. It's like simpatico. So, yeah. so I'm sure. Hey, man, I, I commend the guy for trying to direct direct Absolutely. something. Absolutely, and, and it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. There was interesting parts to it. I wanted to see yeah. how it wrapped up, but it just you know. And he had um, Vince Vaughn in it, who I'm a fan of. Vince, Vince Vaughn, Vaughn kind was of, the best part of it. Again, you know, he's uh, doesn't miss very often. He doesn't, uh, and when he does, it's a movie called Psycho. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> I was that's gonna say it's called uh, the what do you call it? The dodgeball movie. I mean, he, I thought he phoned that thing in. It was just Vince Vaughn light. It, I, I don't know. Well, it's here's the thing about dodgeball. Was that the case, or was it the writing? And that he got cast as a regular guy and not Vince Vaughn. Yeah, you gotta play Vince Vaughn. You gotta let him take the reins and run. Give him, let him, let him fly. Let him be Ben Vaughn. Just Ben Stiller tries so hard, man. Come on, Ben. It's oh, like, you're not, a, you're not a Ben Stiller fan. Oh, oh, I, see, I like Ben Stiller. I'm a Zoolander fan. I, uh, I think he's good, and I, I think he's good at playing the foil. You ever see? You know what shows up a lot of my, um, like feed of videos on YouTube and on Facebook is the scene from Extras with Ben Stiller. It's great. Oh, I haven't watched. Where he goes. He goes. Uh, he goes. You know how much Meet the Fockers? Because like, I guess um, Ricky Gervais is like giving him shit. He goes. You know how much Meet the Fockers made the first weekend? And he goes. I don't know. And he goes. Forty million. Double that second weekend. Seventy million. And he goes. Okay. Bye, nerd. Like he's making fun of him. And Ben Stiller's like, nerd. I've 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 slapped Jennifer Aniston's butt. I've killed Drew. I've kissed Drew Barrymore. And they go in films. Like it's like it's like this weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's this really dry scene where it's like, it's, but he he's really good at playing the foil. I think I I, I he's a, I, I like Ben Stiller. I think he's good, man. I never told you. I told you my Ben Stiller story. I told you that a while. I told it on the podcast before, where I was standing waiting for a friend on like a street corner. I was waiting for Mark Norman of all people, 
and uh, and uh, in, in Midtown, and I'm standing there waiting, and I was kind of faced one way, so I didn't see who was, like, to the left of me. And then somebody comes up and talks to me. It was kind of giving weird looks, and I'm like, I didn't know why they were. Somebody that I knew, like, stopped by and said hello, and then they kept on going. And then finally Norman shows up, and he was like, ah. And I looked to my left, and <laughs> literally a millimeter from me, standing right next to me, like right almost touching me, was Ben Stiller just staring straight forward. It was the weirdest, weirdest thing. <laughs> he wasn't crossing the street. He was just standing there. It was really weird. And I said to Mark, I go, you know my close personal friend, Ben, ben Stiller. And then he laughed. We all got a laugh out of it. And we walked, me and Mark Norman walked away. That's hilarious. But it was, it was so weird. It was really weird. It was really weird. <laughs> uh, but you're, because you're a Ben Stiller hater, that's fine. And if you want to just, you know, that's fine. I hate him so much. <laughs> do you, you really do. I was kidding, but you really don't. I don't like, like any of his movies. I really don't. That happens, though. I, I can see that happen. He just annoys you know me. I don't know what it is. I, it's like that. It's like I don't see him as a natural comedian, and I feel like he tries too hard to be a comedian. You know what I mean? And that irks me. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, but he's like a, a comedic actor. He's not a stand-up. You know? No, I know. But uh, goddamn, was his dad funny? His dad's hilarious. Um, and then on top of it, we were talking. Um, we were thinking of doing, <laughs> but we should be, I guess, be completely honest. Uh, our, our first initial uh, topic we wanted to do was doing a matchup of two Spike Lee movies. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then uh, one of us was like, nah, that's not a great idea. <laughs> I wasn't involved Even in that, that conversation weird. at all, actually. You weren't? You, that was, was me, our, you, and Alex. Was you, me, and Alex. And our, our, our old producer, Alex, we were on our group chat. He goes, Hey, just watched 25th Hour last night. Why don't you guys do some Spike Lee matchups this week? That would be the timeliest thing for that, for two white guys to argue. Yeah, just to argue over a, a black dude's But I mean, they, like, you know, do the right thing. Spike Lee was ahead of this, you know, 30 years ago. I mean. Well, yeah, do the right thing, I think, because, you know, I, I've talked about our experience. I, mean, I think we have very similar upbringings. And yeah. do the right thing was like your first peek into that world. If you're a white kid growing up in the suburbs Absolutely. and you don't know about all this stuff going on, like you, you check a movie out, it really opens, not to sound corny, but it opens your mind up and it opens, it, yeah. it, it kind of, it, it, you know, you, uh, you get sympathetic for the situation more than you probably would have been because you don't experience that when you're growing up in New Jersey Absolutely. or Long Island as a, a white dude. So that's why it was so great. And it was a coolly, really, really a stylistically directed movie. Uh, yeah. And really fun movie to watch in parts before it got, you know, before it goes off the rails and it gets really serious. But um, I was thinking like what, because also Spike Lee, just the same way, like there's a lot of like big directors from the 90s that I don't want to say they've fallen off, but you know, it, it, Hollywood's a business and certain things they, they're in, they're in favor. They're out of favor with Hollywood. And I feel like Spike Lee's one of those guys. Spike Lee's one of those guys that comes in, comes out. I think he's just like a working director. He's just trying to do his job. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was thinking like what my favorite uh, Spike Lee movie is. It's not do the right thing. I love uh, inside man. Inside man is like probably one of my, in my top 20 of movies, I think. Yeah, Inside Man's got a it carries with it a very tough, sad memory for me, which is why I only watched it one time. Oh, right, you mentioned it. it was I think girl, I told you, you about it. It's just, it has, it's just like a. I, I watched it the night of like a, a, a my best friend's like had a personal tragedy, and I was with him, and I was just like, for whatever reason, I 
I just always associated that with that movie. So I, I watched it one time and I never went back. I remember enjoying it and liking it, but, um, I, I like 25th hour a lot. I think 25th hour is a great movie. I'm not the big, I like summer of Sam actually too. Um, summer of Sam had had its moments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's not my favorite, but I, I, you know, I, I don't dislike him. Like I like, I dislike Ben Stiller. Let's say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, he has some, some movies. And the thing about inside man, uh, it, it was originally going to be directed by Martin Scorsese. Oh, I did not know. But that. I think it's, I, I think it's a really that. cool. I think it's a, it kind of harkens back to like a dog day afternoon kind of vibe. Very me. much so. Uh, and I, I think if you didn't have your sadness involved with it, when you think about it, I think you would be uh, more into it. Maybe I'll give it a go. Enough time has passed, I think. Yeah. So let's do the topic for today. We actually came up with a really good one. I have, actually, it's fitting because I have a perfect segue for it. We're talking about do the right thing. The topic today, we have a theme. We want to talk about actors that get very, very typecast in every movie, movie they yes. do. Uh, and and sometimes it's for good reasons, but sometimes you, I always wonder how they feel about it. The actors themselves, I, I always wonder. You know, like if if they were type if if we had a theme if we had a commercial podcast, I would wonder how Flo feels about being Flo all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, How yeah. do you feel about being the same character over and over again? And one one I can start off with, and it's perfect, is Danny Aiello. Man, he he's R.I.P. But Danny Aiello played the same guy. And not that I'm saying he's not a good actor. He played the same guy in every movie. That's a, a, a great one. Um, I was going to say it's, typecasting isn't necessarily a bad thing. It has a no, negative connotation. But there are some guys like a John Wayne who you typecast. You go, yeah, but that's a great typecast, you know, uh, which is going to bring me to my yeah. first one. Um, and again, don't let typecasting uh, mar well, your thing thing about a bad thing necessarily. Um, I, I, I think about because well, here's the thing, man. Real, real quick about Danny Aiello, like I think that he is a real. I think he was a good actor, uh, and I think that he's also. I think he's kind of um, uh, brought into the, the discussion with all the guys who act in mob movies. But he's kind of was kind of beyond that. I, th- I thought of him as like an actor actor, but the guys that were in like the Scorsese movies, they were just like guys being themselves on film. Danny yeah. Aiello, even though he kind of played that dude in most of the movies he did, he was like, he had like acting chops. Like he was the, he was that, like an actor, actor, you know? Right. Well, so here's mine. Is uh, guy I think is universally loved and maybe just gets a little bit of typecast, but it's Samuel L. Jackson. Would oh you my agree God. or disagree? But here's the thing. This is what, uh, yes, but Yes, but I'm. It's just he's like it's, it's just he's the badass shit talker, and he gets cast that is that a lot? You know what I mean? It's one of those things, man, where it's like it, it's such a weird uh, conundrum with Samuel L. Jackson. Because first of all, if you see a, a Time to Kill, is the one th- a, a thing that he did that he is he's not that guy, not the one right. thing, but the, the one right. that sticks out in my memory. So here, <laughs> even then, you got a little Sammy coming through that. Yeah, yeah, a couple of scenes, yeah, but like. The acting chop wise, he could have gone <laughs> the route. Hell. <laughs> <laughs> he could acting chop wise, he could have gone the route of like, like where he was all over the map with characters. But what you yeah. have to think is he became a movie star. So if you're Absolutely. Samuel L. Jackson, 
you have people reading scripts for you and finding the right ones to that that or or they're writing shit for you yes. to play that guy, and you want to work. And I mean, he's like the Michael Caine. He's like the black Michael Caine. He's just in every. You know what I'm saying? Where <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's not necessarily a bad he's thing. In so it's many a movies that I love. You know, uh, it's absolutely it's it's fantastic. But the one thing is typecasting is this where it's like you don't have beyond those capabilities. You know what I'm saying? Where right. you have to be that guy because uh, that's all your skill set um, allows you to do. Samuel L. Jackson, I think, has yeah. beyond that. I think he Agreed. could he could he could play a subtle performance if he wanted to. Uh so let me bounce this to be one honest, off. You know, one of the most subtle things he played was, was, was Jules Winfield in Pulp Fiction. Yes. Most of the time, he's talking very softly in that movie. Agreed. It isn't really until the Ezekiel, you know, 418, whatever it is, you know, yeah. uh, that you really see. He's, just, he's pretty chilled out. Um, he's kind of just the even-killed guy until they start getting into it at the end. Yeah. I'll kind of bounce, and then we'll go back to you for another one, but what do you think about Jason Bateman? Kind of... A smart assy, you know, sarcastic, kind of witty, uh, very dry, talks down to people. Kind of that guy in every role. Uh, yes, that's true. But then, uh, but I think what happened with Jason Bateman is, yes, that, but, but what people are realizing about Jason Bateman is that he, uh, has is so fantastic as an actor and not only did he get typecast with that type of character for years he got typecast in comedy yes he well, was that's a what comedy I was guy say. yeah this is why he has range because he can take that character and make it super funny or make it crazy dramatic like you see in ozark yeah. you're like oh he still shines through as jason bateman but he's being very serious and like he's absolutely awesome. and that's just good yeah. acting so I think it's typecasting, but even with him at this point, like I'm wondering what the percentages are between the the, the casting office and the or the, the casting director right. and the actor, the actor wanting to play that because hey, this is perfect for me. I I, I want to be this guy, yeah. so I, I want this role because I want to be this guy, and it's and it's a job, and it's it's you know it's perfect for me, you know. Right. What do you got? But and, uh, oh, I got my first one. The first one popped in my head was. Uh, William H. Macy. Ooh, good one. So I know a little bit different with, with Shameless. He's on a television show called Shameless for like 15 years or something. Like yeah. Show. I've never watched the show, but I heard I it's failed. great. Uh, and uh, it's on for like 12 seasons. But he plays like a – he always kind of plays – we can put him in like the loserish category because um, – or, or the cuckold and boogie nights or the, or the, or the, the, the Donnie. Uh, he, he has range within the loser category. Oh, buddy. What so about Fargo? Wiz Kid Donnie Smith, the oh. loser, the loser car dealer in Fargo. Uh, the Coens. Really like, good at that. Really good at that. Really, great really actor. good at that. But a great look, like because the other thing I was looking at him, and I watched the first episode of Deadwood last night, and he's not in it. But I'm like, you could throw William H Macy into this as like a shopkeeper or something. Or he has the look of like an old timey western actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially now, like he, he's kind of like come into his age with with the way that he looks. So if you put him in a western, I could see that uh, he could be a banker. He could be yeah, easily, personal. easily be exactly. Yeah, but I think uh, that are you just starting Deadwood. Uh yeah. Oh, you, you I'm it? so happy for you. Oh, you love it, huh? Oh, I can't wait. Oh, buddy. And then you get the movie <laughs> to finish it with. That's go. Oh, you're in for you're in for a good fun three seasons. It is really fun. Is it three I'll seasons? I thought it was 
Ian McShane, dude, is what that's one of the greatest characters of all time. Yeah, I'll he's great. He, yeah, finished, he has the last line of the whole thing once you get to the movie that they just made last year. And it's one of my favorite ending lines of in history. It's so great. I'm, I'm oh, jealous nice. that you get to experience it for the first time. Oh, nice. one of my now, favorites. That's going to be more even more psyched to watch it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I binged that one hard. Um, um, yeah, so that's my, that's my William first William H. One. All right. I'm glad. Uh, I lo- I've always loved him, and I'm glad that uh, he pays for college just like the rest of us. Um, let's see here. Who do I have? Ooh, here's kind of an, uh, a weird one. What about John Cusack? Oh, well, yeah. And, but, kind of the John- offbeat, unlucky in love, romantic guy, but kind of always wins in the end. And yeah. he just kind of kept playing those roles as he got older. Like he, he was tried, like in the 80s. He tried to get out of it in the 90s with Con Air. Yep. Conair, he's trying to be like, uh, it's like every man action hero a little bit because, because he does a lot of running around in that movie and there's yeah. no love story in that movie that involving him. Uh, I think it was like John Cusack just became like, uh, you know, it was, uh, hold on. Um, John Cusack, it just became like a John Cusack. He became a type, John Cusack. Yeah, exactly. Like he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing with Samuel. You, I wonder if back in the day, John Cusack and Jason Bateman went out for the same stuff. I'm sure. It's, it's along the same lines yeah. and, uh, and it's, it's the same sense of humor. But yeah, and you just become, saw him like, you know, even like serendipity was such a piece of shit, but it's just like, he's now playing that same character, it. just older. And I mean, gross point blank, which I do love. It's love still it. the same guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but it's a quirky he, movie, and it's more yeah, fun to watch. Yeah, the twist is that he's an assassin. You know, it's like he's a yeah, but 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 it's, yeah, but it's like a fun. That, that's like a fun '90s. That's the thing that came out of um, uh, Pulp Fiction. Like agreed, Pulp Fiction, I absolutely agree. But he's still yeah. playing that character of like, oh, I have the girl problem, but I'm uh, yeah, offbeat kind of guy, and I'm cool. Yeah. But- you know, he is that guy. Yeah. You're not gonna have you're not gonna have him play. He's not gonna be in 300 playing a gladiator. You know what I mean? Like that's not <laughs> John Cusack is 101. <laughs> he's not gonna be Prometheus or whatever. What's the guy? What's in? What about the Russell Crowe? He's not gonna be Russell Crowe's role. Yeah, in, yeah. Uh, uh, what, what is his name in Gladiator? What's his character's know. name? Fucking Ozymandias. I don't remember. Ozymandias. That's from uh, Watchmen. <laughs> Um, anyway, so, but yeah, that, that's another phenomenon that happens that, and I, when you go, we, uh, we both go out for auditions. When you go out for auditions, they'll say looking for this type. Like sometimes yep. they'll be like Zach Galifianakis type or, or, which I wish they sometimes didn't say, because then you try, at least I do. You try and like, you try to person. do it. <laughs> yeah. But, but all you can do is be yourself. They'll do it on voiceover stuff too, which yeah, I'm always like, yeah. what are you talking about? You know, like that kind of thing. So, uh, to bet, but it's actually, I wonder if that's an honor within the acting community because, you know, I'm not a real actor, but like, I wonder if it's an honor in the acting community to be like, it's this type. Like, you're so ingrained in the community that you have your own type. And you, and you, and you know what I'm saying? Like, you have, yeah. that's I pretty think, cool. I think it's flattering. Yeah, I think it's um, definitely flattering. Uh, hold on a second. I, uh, anyway, so, but, so, yeah, Cusack is definitely a good pick. And you, if you, if you gave a rundown of all his movies, he's mostly playing the same guy yeah. with different little variations. Con Air might be the most, like, he's deviated from it. And he did some, some bad, like, straight to video movie called Money for Nothing, where he plays, like, a robber or something. But, like, uh, <laughs> that I one, think yeah. He's quoted as saying he 
strictly took Con Air for the paycheck. I read that really? somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Con Air is such a fascinating film. It, it is great. I'm so curious about all of the production and the intent around that movie. Yeah. Because the guy who wrote it wrote a bunch of comedies. I, I, I've talked about it before, haven't mentioned it in a while on the podcast. I am convinced uh, that it is, it is tongue-in-cheek. That is complete. It's a spoof without being a spoof. It's a spoof without being a spoof. Right, 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 right. And the more I hear about it, the more it makes me think that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right, who do you got? I got a good one. This is kind of a deep cut. People are not going to know who he Ooh. is until I, I mention who, uh, what he's done. Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown. He's uh, a character actor, but he plays the lot. It's always tough yes, guy roles. Of course. And Clancy Brown, he plays the jail guard in yep. Shawshank Redemption I'd, that almost exactly. throws Tim Robbins off the roof. Uh, he's in Buster Scruggs. He plays the, the guy who shoots himself in the head because he hits them, hit him with the, the table. Uh, uh, he's been he's Can I go real Deadwood. deep cut? Uh, let's hear it. Bad Boys, the, or in 1983, Sean Penn, Isai Morales, Bad Boys. He plays a prison guard again in the juvenile detention center. Yeah, he's, he's super just, young. Always plays a tough guy, but he's like a. Yeah. But he probably does a lot of stage stuff. I'm guessing, and he's a he's like a thespian, like he's like a real actor. That guy. Yeah. And and um, I, yeah, I just think that you're not putting Clancy Brown playing. He's not playing a florist in a movie. You know what I'm saying? Like he's not playing. He's not playing a, a guy who's in touch with his feelings ever in a in a film. That's not happening. He's oh, always no. he's always because <laughs> like, the thing is this man. Like when you find these guys who are actually like grizzled, like tough guys. You got to use them as much as you can. Yeah. Now Hadley, great role. Byron Hadley. Byron Hadley. He's he's a really <laughs> great. He's a really really great actor. That you know, uh, just a working working actor who is just uh, is fantastic in everything that he does. Like even like he's one of those guys that no matter how the movie is or the TV show is, he's always spectacular in it. Like that's a I think that's a badge of honor too with acting a lot of the time where it's like. You're you're uplifting the level of the project by being in it. Yes, you love to see him pop up. He's one of those guys. You're like, I love that guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so who else you got? All right. Well, here's one. I think we can all agree we love the guy. But speaking of Shawshank Redemption, it's Morgan Freeman. Oh, very tight. Well, here's the thing, the man. Old wise man. I kind of fits in what I was talking to before. Like the old, the, when these guys get to a certain point now, granted they get there because they were typecast early on. You right. got to talk about him right. early on because I know that these guys have teams of people who make sure they take the right roles. So when you get to a certain point where you're typecast and you're only, there's a difference between only getting the roles because of what you can do and getting them because you're saying yes to the projects. And Morgan Freeman is such a huge movie star He's purposely has that trajectory in Hollywood. He's mm -hmm, like, yeah, mm -hmm. I'll play this guy in every freaking movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, he's definitely typecast, but but it works. And it, it made him a movie star. I guess that's part of it. Being typecast enough, it can make you a movie star because people love you as that guy. Well, he's also a guy who didn't hit until he was older, too. You know, he yes, didn't become yes. a quote-unquote movie star until I don't know when... Maybe I want to say Driving Miss Daisy. I, yes, maybe, Driving oh, maybe Miss Daisy. Glory. Glory was in 1989. Um, uh, no, but Driving Miss Daisy made him famous because I think, I don't know yeah. if he won an Oscar for it, but he was, I think he was nominated. Um, and, and then definitely, and then like Lean on Me. But yeah, I think like late yeah. 80s was the first time you started really remembering Morgan yeah. Freeman. 
You know what I mean? And and lean on me, yeah, is 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 a tougher role than he normally takes. He's normally pretty much a pussycat. Unforgiven you know, too, you know, actually. Yeah, yeah, unforgiven. Yeah, he's just just a movie star who just um, figured it out the, the right roles to play. And also a uh, a standout as Lucius Fox in the Batman films. Standout role. Yeah, he's awesome. Great uh, role. He's, he's he's great in it. Um, and he's, and, and it. Quite the career. He's got a great sense of humor. He's got a, and, uh, he's, he's just, he's just he's an amazing just, actor. It makes you feel warm when you see him. It makes you feel good. And he's just he just always adds to the film. You know, you never see a bad movie. And with Morgan Freeman, you go, ah, I would. The only bad part was Morgan Freeman. You always go, no, the best part was Morgan Freeman. You know. Um, uh, I just have a couple more. I, yeah, I got a few more. Um. Who else? Oh, you have Morgan here. Freeman. Yeah, I don't think we mentioned any female. Oh, who's who? Who'd you, who who's the the woman? Uh, yeah, I was thinking that just now. We should mention. I had two in mind. One was uh, uh, to a lesser extent Zoe Deschanel. She just kind of plays the same person, which is like yes, very true. She just kind but of plays the quirky. I'm myself, which is like you're, yeah, she's unique, but it's like you do the same thing over and over again. Much like Ben Stiller, it's like yeah, you just do the same character over again. It's like. It's Denzel Washington, too. It's like, we know you're great, but you do the same guy in every movie. But with Denzel, you're, you're going into, like, with, uh, um, movie star territory there. I agree. That becomes on purpose after a while. Yeah. Well, and then my other girl was Jennifer Aniston, who just kind of does the... That's a good one. She's yeah. a movie star, but she can own... I think, okay, I think Jennifer Aniston is awesome. I love that. I even same. love that Adam Sandler movie. Super I th- funny. I think she's... Sandler, to an extent, too, is a type. Yeah, um, and but Jennifer Aniston, I gotta be honest. Except for that one move, that one indie she did. She did a. Um, she did one indie. Well, they tried with her. They tried to make her the movie star uh, coming off the popularity of Friends. There was that like picture. Uh, what was it with Jay Moore? It was picture, uh, per- picture perfect. Picture perfect. All right, I was gonna say that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I uh, there's a there's a good movie um, that she's in. Uh, and I am struggling to remember the title of it. It's kind of an indie. It might be a Mike White movie. Um, it is. I know what you're talking about. When she plays the clerk. Yes. And, and she, she's against type. She's against type in that movie. Yeah. And it's a great little uh, indie movie, man. Yeah. And she's great in it. I think she's a great actress. But I think what they, what they realize is she's perfect as what she is in Friends and in like in the Adam Sandler movie. Like she's just she's just perfect as that as that character and it yeah. works out better like you know the it works girl, out better not that she wasn't good in that other movie she was but it was like after a while you get used to seeing somebody a certain way you know yeah i was thinking of the good girl 2000 the good girl that's it the good girl yeah exactly With, uh, a, a movie that so Deschanel happens to be in as well oh there you go um, uh I but yeah thinking- I, I think she's hilarious like she's a good by the way that's a great movie that's a great cast by the way it's got like john c Riley, tim blake nelson um, Jake Gyllenhaal and Mike White, you know, but um, he Mike White makes some good movies. I enjoy his stuff, and I like. He's also one of those guys you see pop up. You're like, yeah, I like that guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like randomly in movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I do um, love Jennifer. I think she's super funny and super talented. She just kind of gets in Jennifer Aniston her world, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I had Stanley Tucci down. Ooh, that's a good one. 
Stanley Kucci, I think we all know the reasons why he's great. At what, uh, he's also super underrated. He's Italian. Uh, he's, uh, the Imposters is one of the best movies ever that, that <laughs> nobody ever knows about. And he's so funny. And him and Oliver Platt. Oliver Platt is along the same lines. Yep. It's like these character actors. It's, it, I think it's like this weird purgatory between movie star and character actor. A lot of these guys, Very the space true. they fill up. Uh, yeah. So it's like that's when you get into like where the typecast world is like you're not famous for doing this, but you're these are the roles that you're taking. So like Oliver Platt's like that. A lot of people don't know who Oliver Platt is, but he's amazing and he should be a movie star. But he, the way that things have gone is that he's just kind of in that typecast world. Yeah, and I agree. There is a thin line between character actor and typecast. Yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, which could be a whole another fucking. Uh, podcast on its own character actors maybe we'll do that another time because that would be a great we should. We there should. are so many great character actors out there so many we already we've mentioned like a few of them yeah 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 who, who else do you have uh i'll tell you one who really sticks in my craw is this jesse eisenberg kid uh yeah yeah that's perfect that's a perfect thing i i i he just I'm plays not... that you know mumbling fumbling kind of smarter than like the room. smarmy it's like the, it's the epi- epitome of smarmy um, yes uh, and, and I think it works some, out in certain, certain I think in uh, Zombieland, it, he's in Zombieland, right? It I was going to say, for some movies it works really well, and in other, work, and in other movies it's just super annoying. Well, the one where it works, and, uh, and, and the big Adventure one. Adventureland, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Adventure Kids, he's the like, only movies uh, that end in land. Yeah, uh, but, but also the big one, it works. I know what What's you're going to say, one? the social network. Social network, yeah. Social network, that's it works Perfect. out perfectly for that movie. Perfect. Perfectly, yeah. And he's also he plays it a little bit more autistic in there. Sorry if I'm being offensive by saying that, but um, like he plays it, he kind of he amps it up for a social network, I should yeah. say. I, you know, he amps, uh, amps up the weirdness. And Zombieland Two, by the way, uh, double uh, great, fantastic sequel, fantastic follow up. You love to see the crew get back together. Like that's where he really works and fits in with that. The, that personality gels with an ensemble cast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes when, him it's is, just, when it's his movie on his own and he's the lead, you're like, enough of this guy. Even Social Network. Yes. More of an ensemble, then it's his lead. You it's know a lot. I mean? It's a lot. You, you do not like him at all. Exactly. Yeah. So, and, uh, and here's the thing, man. You know what, though? But we, we should give it up for him because I'll tell you why. To play on likable and, 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 and like, yeah. you're playing on likable and then you're actually able to play likable, then unlikable, then like that, That's pretty damn hard to do. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, like you I, play on play unlikable and be captivating. Like when if somebody's if I'm watching somebody, I'm like, oh, I just hate this guy, and you don't you want to turn it off. That's one thing. But he, you like, still want to watch him. That's good. But the yeah. one thing that ruins everything for him for me is uh, when he played Lex Luthor. That was just a bad, oh, right, bad, right, yeah, he bad choice. Academy. How do you uh, go from Gene Hackman to fucking you know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's it. I have. Uh, yeah, that's my list, babe. I have uh, one more, but I, to be honest, I'm. I think it's not. It's Steve Buscemi. I would say more character actor than typecast. That's. I think you're right. I think we said all on that one. I think that what we should do is we have to get out of here. But I think what we should do is tell everybody our announcement. Do you want to tell everybody what's going to happen with the podcast, Andy? <laughs> I didn't know you were going to leave this all up to me. But oh, uh, I can do yeah. it. I can tell everybody. No, well, essentially, it's not going to be a straight-up format change, but we're just going to kind of expand the DYM empire, the DYM empire, 
<laughs> BY Empire. That's what it's going to be called now, man. Yeah. So, so what it is is we're doing we're going to do a, an overhaul of the podcast. Uh, we're going to now call the DYM podcast. It's going to be movies and more. So it's going to be we're going to we're going to still talk about movies, but it's going to be more general in in, in in an effort to include everybody else. We have a whole bunch of new stuff planned for it. We're going to put put way more stuff online for the podcast. We're also in talks with a network to join them and join forces with them doing live shows. After the quarantine is done and all sorts of stuff, so it's only—it's basically a revamping of the podcast. And, right. Uh, really excited yeah, about it. We, um, we alluded to it for for weeks and months because you know everybody was kind of dragging their feet on it. But then obviously uh, COVID happened, and you know all our plans just kind of went to shit. So we just now decided to uh, do it on our own. So not that the, the bigger stuff is still not in the works, but yeah, like what Shawnee said, we're going to um, make things a little more general it's not necessarily going to be based on movies but we're real we're not going to take that content away either because yeah and let's be honest if we have a general conversation movies will come up three or four I times know, during it's impossible any. not to so we're just going to make it more inclusive we're going to we're going to have guests that come on that they don't have to defend anything it's, it's going to be the dym podcast to make it general and and to make it we're, it's going to be a lot of fun that's what i'm trying to say and, yeah and we want uh and there's going to be a new logo and there's going to be uh we're going to do more on social media and we're going to have a, a patreon for it and all that jazz so uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast, rate and review, and then let us know what you think. It's uh, defendyourmovie at gmail.com. You can email us, or it's, uh, it's, it's at defendyourmovie on Twitter, and it's at defendyourmovie on Instagram right now. So uh, definitely let us know what you think, uh, any, any, any segment ideas or whatever it is. It's still the, the base of it is still going to be movies, but we're just going to leave the conversation open. There's a lot of stuff going on. We, 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 we can be more candid. We'd, we'd like to on the podcast. We think it'll be more fun. We think it'll be more interesting to people if we're able to do that. So that's why we decided to revamp, revamp. And because we're not, we're not, getting, the, 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 we're not getting the spark we want by doing it as just movies. So, so yeah. why not? But we don't want to stop doing it. So why not just kind of you know, refresh things? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Big expansion. Cool, buddy. Uh, do you want to uh, plug your social media? Yeah, I would like to. I actually have something to plug this week, too. Oh, my God. You have a live date. <laughs> I, uh, you can always follow me on social media at Andy Fiori. It is A-N-D-Y-F-I-O-R-I. And you can, uh, it's, it's Twitter, Instagram, you can listen to my Sirius XM radio show. It's called The Raw Report every Thursday at 4 p.m. on Sirius XM Raw Dog 99. And if you're in the Pennsylvania area, next Friday, June 19th, I'll be doing stand-up comedy. My true love. I'll be back. I'm so excited. It's going to be a Soul Joel production. It's going to be outside of Royersford, PA. Um, look to my socials for all the information and for ticket sales because I don't have all the information in front of me. But uh, please keep up on the social. And if you are a defender, please come out. I would love to say hello. We not, might not be hugging and kissing like old times, but I, I'm going to hang out and talk. And I just am so excited to get uh, on stage again. And we'll see how it goes. I'm a little scared, Shawnee. I'm a little nervous. Uh, It'll I, go great. Once you get on stage, you're gonna be like, "Oh, right, I forgot." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I'm actually doing this. I'm doing. If you're in Astoria, if you're in New York uh, this Tuesday, which I guess is the 15th, I'm doing uh, that diner, the Bel Air Diner Show, on the back of a flatbed pickup that's in the diner parking lot. So if you're in Queens and you want to, you know, have a fun, safe social distance comedy show, there's a lot of great comics on it. Come on down. Come by. 
Uh, awesome. I'm, I'm at Shawnee Time on Instagram and Twitter. And guys, thanks so much for listening to the episode, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye.